Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. How you living, how you learning, how you loving? Oh, sometimes I annoy myself. How are you doing? I hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for coming back. We've got a couple more dates to see me live. Thank you to everybody who came out to the Albany Funny Bone last weekend. I'm going to be in Rochester, New York. Come through, my chilly willies. I'm going to be at the Comedy on the Carlson December 15th, 16th, and 17th. You can get tickets at jessiemay.com forward slash tour. There should be a link in the show notes as well. Please come out, hang out with me. And also the last date of my tour this fall winter is going to be at the Syracuse Funny Bone New Year's Eve, the 30th and 31st. Come party with me at the Syracuse Funny Bone. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be not your average comedy show. We're going to have some magic and some dancers and giveaways and fun fetty. Is that cake? God, I loved Funfetti cake. Come check it out. Let's have a blast. jessiemay.com forward slash tour for tickets. And this episode is a Dr. Peluso episode. If you would like to submit your questions or get some advice from Dr. P, go to my Instagram page, Sundays to Mondays, and my story, and you can answer right on the, the tile or story slide. You can also email us, comedy at gmail to have your questions answered. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode with Board Uncertified with a PhD in THC, the one, the only, Dr. Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh the whole point is for you to laugh but you also might cry i talk about my family i talk about farts, farts. i talk about love loss comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me and we're recording we got it we got it all figured out kind of do we how is everybody welcome to the sharp tongue podcast oh wait I forgot my stethoscope. I had my Dr. Peluso stethoscope because this is a Dr. Peluso episode, but you guys get it. We don't need the prop, right? It's a little cheesy anyways. We have a bunch of questions this week, and I might have to divide it into two episodes because so many of you sent 
in questions. If you want to send in questions to my Instagram page, you can do that on my IG story. Sundays or Mondays, you go to Instagram.com forward slash Jesse Mapeluso, but you should know that by now. You should know that. And if you want to email your questions, you can email them at comedy at gmail.com. I have a lot of syllables in my name. Jesse May Peluso. Peluso. Six syllables is a lot to get through. And not everybody gets it right. But when it comes to doing a show or appearing somewhere, uh, press someone else's podcast, does it hurt to, to, to Google how to say someone's name or to do a little bit of research? Does it hurt? I'm coming in fiery hot. I'm a spicy again. Your girl is a spicy and she's coming in with, (laughs) I wouldn't call it anger, but I wouldn't not call it anger. I don't know where it's coming from. It's a, it's definitely a, um, a raging river of fury that's underneath my skin that I feel bubbling and I'm going with it. I'm in this space of being brutally honest. Uh, It was like that for the holidays with my family. I think I have had enough of living a life of placating. Not that I did that a lot, but it's interesting when you start to grow and see what doesn't work for you anymore. And then you realize why 80-year-old people are just curmudgeons why they're just angry and bitter. And not that I want to be bitter. Oh God, please don't let me be bitter. There's nothing worse than a bitter woman. Maybe a dead woman. That's probably worse than being bitter. Bitter and dead? Shit. I don't even know if that's a combo platter that can be served up. But I just just pronounce my name somewhat properly and I'll be happy. Put a little effort in. Nobody wants to put any fucking effort in, in anymore. What happened? What happened to effort? Quarantine changed it all. I'm noticing it across the board. Are you guys noticing that? That nobody is putting in an effort, whether it's about their jobs or relationships, specifically when it comes to customer service. Where the fuck did that go? My money's still, my money's still good. I don't know why people are acting like money isn't good anymore. You don't want my money? You don't want my service? Or change your fucking attitude. I'm speaking to myself as well. I realize I have a little bit of an attitude and we're going to work through it. Okay. We're going to work through it together. I, I don't think I wanted to do a little bit of recap and I don't think we really discussed. I could be wrong. I don't think I told you guys about when I like got my van I really don't think that we discussed that. Also, did we discuss the fact that there's a zombie virus that scientists have unearthed? What what is going on? It feels like every horror movie, every nightmare, every worry that we've ever had is starting to come true. (laughs) And I'm like, literally, Jesus, take the wheel. I have never said that and meant it in my life, but I do mean it now. I take that back. I probably said it during the time of my parents dying. But fuck, a zombie virus. But but let's go back because I feel like we did not do a quick recap about like 
the me renting the van. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Boho Vans. Amazing van company. They build your vans custom. They have a bunch of different models you can choose from. They are not a sponsor of the podcast, but we are working together to get me in a van, which I am so excited about. I am beyond excited about because I want to drive off into the fucking sunset. I might even drive the van into the goddamn ocean at this point. I don't know. It's a strong possibility. But the guys at Boho Van came out to the shows when I was in Arizona. So we're going back a couple weeks. And I rented or they let me borrow a van to test out. And these vans are super custom, really well built out, feels like a little cabin on the inside. There's a lot of wood and stainless steel. They even put up like a really nice backsplash. So it feels like a kitchen. And I think the one that I had was a Dodge Ram 2500 and it was about 20 feet long. That's one of the longest vehicles I have driven in my life besides like a moving truck, which is very interesting to drive, especially when it's empty versus full. You kind of feel like how you feel when you're running around on a full stomach versus an empty stomach. It's a little, it's dangerous. Things can spill out into the street and it's not going to be good. This could be messy. That's what it feels like to drive a moving truck. The van drove pretty freaking smoothly. And I have to say, the one thing I learned about taking this van overnight was that planning is crucial. If you're ever going to rent a van, plan. Just call it your van plan. And while spontaneity is romantic and it's a great notion and we love it and we live for it and it's so much fun to be spontaneous, bitch, if you're a woman alone in a van, you can't afford to be spontaneous. You cannot afford to be spontaneous. Those are the bitches who end up dead. Okay, gospel. Shout out to Les Pans Coditans. I never know how to say this. Les Pans Coditans. Les Pans Coditans. I love them. I haven't been to get their food in a hot minute. And I went over there today and got some after my gym. And this is a delicious turmeric latte that I'm sipping on. Anywho, being in a van, it is crucial to have a plan, especially if you're solo as a woman, especially if you're traveling with dogs. You need to know where you can stop, you need to know where vans are accepted. I just assumed you could pull up in these places that are like RV parks or what have you, these various types of rest stops along the highways and pull right in like boop, boop, beep, beep. Who's got the keys to the van? I do. No, but you have have to have a reservation. And excuse me for being new to the game and late to the game, but it seems a little antithetical to need a reservation for the van life. Isn't the whole point of the van life to be spontaneous? It's because too many motherfuckers are living the van life. That's the problem. Too many people are living the van life now and everything's backed up. It's all backed up. And so I, I learned this the hard way because I I did a weekend of shows at the House of Comedy in Arizona. Shout out to everybody who came out. Shout out to Boho Vans. And then I got suited up in a van. I took, uh, they have all different names. The one that I rented was called The Heart. Rented The Heart, you know, because I'm living for my heart. 
Although today I feel like I'm living from the bowels of my fury. <laughs> Literally feel like I'm living from a river of rage. But um, I didn't make a plan. And so the only plan I had that was loose was to go see my friend Sarah and her band Phantomgram at the, uh, where the heck were they? They were in Tucson. I believe that's where they were performing. They were performing in Tucson. So it wasn't too far of a drive. I had initially planned, uh, initially planned to go see them at Red Rocks in Colorado. Cause I've always wanted to see a show at that venue, the outside outdoor venue that's built into the Red Rocks in Colorado. It's such a cool place. I've been there during the day to check it out, but a couple of my comedian friends have had shows there and I hear it's an amazing venue to see live music, but I couldn't coordinate that trip. So I had planned to tack on an extra night in Arizona in my van to go see Sarah and Fantagram, her and Josh. And so I got suited up in the van and I have to be honest, I was nervous. I was nervous because there's a lot of buttons, even though Boho does an amazing job of making it super user-friendly. So if you're ever interested in the van life, you should rent a van like I did just to test it out. I did one night and I'm glad that I did one night because I think I realized that I even need to plan going into renting the van or borrowing the van to use it. So I'm glad that I just did one night. So it wasn't too much of an undertaking. And I was nervous because, you know, I felt like, I, I don't know why I felt like, oh, because I'm in this van, I'm, I'm, I have to be in the middle of nowhere. And some hills have eyes inbred is going to murder me. Those were things that I was certain were going to happen. First of all, you can take the van wherever you want. Well, not wherever you want. You really have to plan ahead and we'll get to how I fucked up royally. <laughs> oh, I fucked up royally. I wish my parents were alive. They would be laughing. My mother would be laughing so hard at me. I sound like Syracuse right now. I just heard myself laughing. She'd be laughing so hard at me about how my lack of planning really fucked up the van, the fan, the van sitch. Um, so I, yeah, I just was like in, in a panic, like, oh my God, I'm going to end up in the, I'm going to be in the outback. Well, first of all, the desert is creepy. Let's be real. So it wasn't a completely unfounded fear. The, the foliage, if we want to call it that, that the, the flora and fauna of the desert is terrifying. Cactus and cacti are the freakiest of plants. When you think about all the plants, it's the only one that could, if you fell on it wrong, kill you. A plant. And now that's not saying a lot because there's a lot of plants. If you ingest them, you'll die. But just the mere structure of the plant, it doesn't even have to do anything and you could die. There's even a couple cacti that shoot needles out like projectile needles. I don't know what, what it's called. We could Google it, but I'm currently dealing with something in my eye. Um, the desert landscape is terrifying. So that mixed with me being in a van, I thought for sure I was going to die. So I didn't have a plan. The only plan I had was to go see Sarah and Josh. And so I, I had a choice. I had a choice to either put all my energy into finding an RV park and a place where I could actually park the van and live that life. Or I could say, fuck it and drive to Tucson and figure it out. Like literally 
I'll I'll park the van on the street and sleep there overnight like some sort of hobo. Like all the people in Venice, the ones who can't afford the mortgage and then they move into their what was their their weekend home became their full time home. That's what, what, what my plan became because my goal was really to see Sarah and support her and hang out and see them live because I had never seen them live. So I, I drove my ass in my van down to Tucson and luckily enough, I was able to pull my van in the back lot of where they were performing in Tucson and park next to their tour bus. So here's me. (laughs) I call Sarah's tour manager and I'm like, I'm here. So they open up the back gate and I'm like in my van with all all of my dogs. I, I just looked like a hot mess, you know? First, before I pulled back there, I went and got something to eat. Now, this is the thing. You can't just whip around in a van. Luckily, these vans that they have, that Boho Vans has, are relatively, like I said, user-friendly, and they're not huge. So you, it, there is, you're capable of parking in places. You just have to be mindful of how you're parking. You know, you can't whip around in the Cracker Barrel parking lot and pick any spot you want. First of all, is it a Sunday? Did these people just get out of church? Because you're not going to come between them and their Cracker Barrel pancakes. So you better park the goddamn van away from the church group going to Cracker Barrel on Sunday. They're not going to have it. So I had to get something to eat before the show and didn't consider how difficult that that task was. The point is being in a larger vehicle that's technically a recreational vehicle, you have to make every consideration and you have to consider every move that you make. So while you can be spontaneous, it's easier to be spontaneous with another person. But then again, both of you can't be, you know, these free-spirited, spontaneous hippies. That was a remix. (laughs) Hippies. Someone's got to have a fucking plan. And so I look at Chaplin like, what'd you do, bro? Did you, do you have a plan? He's looking at me like, no, bitch, this is your, this is your, your, your gig. So you can't just whip up into restaurants. You have to know if there's a parking lot, especially if you have dogs in the car. Can you can you park where you can see the van? Um, is it safe? You know, because this looks, m- most of the vans do look like vans that people sleep overnight in, which can be a target for theft. They do have vans where the windows are, are not on the, there's no windows. It's just the van part of it. Uh, the, the walls are covered up on the side, so it just looks like a commercial van. But that's not as fun. So there's a lot to consider. And sometimes when you whip into a situation unknowingly, you learn a little bit quicker because the mistakes are bigger. <laughs> m- m- famous last words. M- m- what's with my... I'm like mumbling today. So... I whipped around, got some food, terrible food, terrible service. I sat there for like 10 minutes. No one acknowledged me. And the lighting was awful. There's something about when you eat, depending on where you are, the lighting needs to be a certain tone. Don't we agree? Because I don't want to feel like I'm eating in a hospital. I also don't want to feel like I'm eating in a dungeon. Is there a safe middle ground we can all agree upon as long as it's not like a fast food restaurant, can we just agree on a level of lighting that is somewhat acceptable? This place was lit 
like like Rockefeller Center on 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 Christmas Eve, and it sounds like it it would be dark because it's night, and it is around everything, but the lights are very bright. Probably could have thought of a better analogy, but this moment that's all it came to mind because tis a season. So the lighting in there was brutal. I could at least see the van and realized that my dogs didn't give a fuck about being in the back. Normally my dogs don't get into the front of my actual vehicle. I have trained them so they stay in the back and they don't sit in my seat. I say that and my OG fans probably will remember or recollect a few of my cross-country trips that I've made. I'm quite the, the traveler where I've come out from being in a rest stop and Carlin's sitting in the front seat like he's driving. There's been a handful of times where that fucker's snuck up to the front, only if he's getting antsy and we've been on the road for a while. But with the van, there is no partition. So I learned when I was sitting in that restaurant that all the dogs wanted to be in the front seat, which isn't great for the fabric of the seat. So I get back to the van. There's scratch marks all over the fucking seats. I'm like, oh my God. So then I had to put my luggage in between the seats so the fucking dogs couldn't get in the front. So now I'm like, oh, I can't whip around in this sucker. I got to consider where the dogs are. It's, it's, it, it was, it was one hole plugging after another and, and not, not enjoyable, by the way. I was loving it all the, all, all a while, but it was me kind of swearing at myself for not considering or anticipating certain things. But sometimes when you're exploring and, and embarking on a new adventure, you can't anticipate what the fuck ups are going to be. And that that's where you learn. So I pull in Sarah's Sarah's uh, tour manager says pull in. So I'm pulling in with my van. I got my dogs there. <laughs> I, I just felt so like, you know, cause I'd never been in a van. I'm like, what do these people think of me? Here I am. I don't know what Sarah's told them. You know, I'm showing up to their show in my fucking van with my dogs. It's probably rock star to them. They probably were like, hell yeah, pull in the back. This is going to be great. And they, and they were very sweet. And, and actually one of her, um, one of the people on her team was a vanner, like a vanner for life. Like him and his wife took the van out, not mine, but they have a, a legit van. And he was telling me about composting and all of that. And we, you know, we had like a van heart to heart. It was kind of cool. I wish I was deeper in the van life to understand everything he said, but I'm like, yeah, bro, the compostable toilets in there, you know, you just scoop it in. I, I didn't use a toilet and that's my one regret. My one regret is not pooping in that compostable toilet. I'd never done that before. It's got to be real freeing just to bring your toilet out somewhere in the Grand Canyon. No one's around. There might be like a hawk above in the sky I can't do the noise but you know that really high screech and you're just sitting there literally answering the call of nature that to me would be a really monumental experience that's all I want to do the van life for is to be able to poop near the Grand Canyon anywho my 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 next move after the show, we hung, we hung out. I wasn't planning on staying out late with them, but they haven't. The show was amazing. I, if you haven't seen Fantagram live, you have to. They are so fucking good live. I had never seen my girl perform live. So damn talented. So um, engaging and alluring. She's an amazing 
she has an amazing, amazing stage presence. And Josh is such uh, an incredible musician. It was, it really was um, like transformative for me. I hadn't seen live music in a long time and I went by myself and the tour manager, Ryan hands me a couple modelos. I was, I, I, when I parked the van, I went to the green room to say hi to Sarah real quick and then gave her her space to get ready, pre-show ready and all that fun stuff. And he gave me a couple modelos and he's like, you know, I'll show you where you can go stand. So I went to the front of the house and found a sweet little spot next to the soundboard. I took a sip of the modelo and then I threw it out because I had come off of a month of not drinking and I threw the modelos out. Didn't even drink. Didn't even drink. And they had a great show. I, I think like a tight hour set. And then they do a DJ set afterwards. Sis, we were out till 2.30 in the morning. So I was sober as a stork carrying a baby. I don't know if they're sober when they carry the baby, but I assume they that's a job that requires sobriety. So very, very sober. And then at around 2, 2.30 in the morning, I'm like, I got to go find where, I don't know where I'm going to sleep because they had to leave in their bus to go to the next city. So, and I had to go to LA. I had to return the bus, the, the van the next day and drive back to LA. So I couldn't like go anywhere else. I had to stay, stay local. So I just drove back towards Arizona, uh, Tempe. Where the hell was I? Phoenix, Phoenix. I drove back towards Phoenix up north and I was exhausted because it was 2.30 in the morning. And I started looking for places to park the van. <laughs> this is where I went horribly wrong, where I should have spent 10 minutes figuring out where I could have brought this van. And I did a little bit and I made a couple phone calls before I ventured out to make my way to Tucson. And it just didn't look promising. So I'm driving three o'clock in the morning looking for a place to park this puppy. Let me tell you, it's not easy, sis. Plan the van. Plan the van. Spontaneity is only cute when you got someone to protect you. You know where I slept? In a fucking truck stop. Overnight in a truck stop next to, to semis. <laughs> I pulled up like where you see all those semi trucks when you're gassing up. You ever wonder who's sleeping in there? Me. Me and a bunch of truck drivers. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've gone through rest stops and been like, oh, I wonder if they're sleeping in their in their trucks. They are. And if you look a little bit further, there's a, a woman and her three dogs in a van. Fuck. I did find a sweet little spot overlooking a field so that when I opened the doors in the morning, the dogs could get out and stretch their, their legs. But then I had to go in the truck stop and use the bathroom. <laughs> I was so, it was like the most fun and frustrating experience because it was all so new and I love new shit. And I, I even love the frustrating challenges that, accompany that experience but man I had to go in the restroom in the rest stop and use the bathroom like I was at a hotel <laughs> the other thing I will say is plan your snacks plan your snacks because it's not as easy to whip around in a van as it is in a car and that's the one thing where you're going to want to drive more than you're stopping and going at least I think so 
to get to the place you're trying to get to. Although, you know, oh, the, the journey is the destination. Yeah, that's great. Unless you're a single white female in a van, then the journey is, is going to be the thing that gets you murdered. So you better, you better plan accordingly. But it was hilarious to have to just sleep in a truck stop overnight, like some guy delivering uh, cocaine stuffed couches to Ashley Furniture, you know, really living the dream. There's no truer way to say I love you than by taking care of each other. That's why this year, the gift of health is all you need. And with EverlyWell, you can find 30-plus at-home lab tests, vitamins, supplements, and more for every person on your holiday list. EverlyWell is digital healthcare designed for you with personalized results and accessible tools for long-term health. Here's how it works. EverlyWell ships products straight to you or your loved one with everything needed in one package. If you order an at-home lab test, a sample can simply be collected at home and shipped back to a certified lab in the prepaid envelope included with the test. Digital physician-reviewed results are sent straight to your preferred device in just days. If you ordered vitamins and supplements, you can start adding them to your daily routine right away. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals, and now you can help your loved ones do the same. I used Everly Well for myself. I did a food sensitivity test, and I had no idea I'm sensitive to bananas and pineapples. What the heck? It's total BS. I love bananas. I was eating bananas in everything, and now I don't really eat bananas, and I feel better. So thank you, Everly Well, for taking away one of my favorite foods. <laughs> The gift of health has never been so easy to share than it is this holiday. For listeners of the Sharp Tongue Podcast, Everly Well is offering a discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash sharp. That's everlywell.com slash sharp for 20% off your next at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash sharp. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a Dr. Peluso episode, like I said, and we have a bunch of questions and I don't think we're going to get through all of them, but we're going to get through a handful. Let's see what we got. Planet Edge, when's your next Joe Rogan podcast? I don't know. I, I haven't planned one yet. It'll probably be around either the premiere of my next Netflix show, which we're starting um, voiceover work for now. So that should be coming out in March. And I also just started shopping my book out to publishers. And there's a couple of publishers that are interested, which is very exciting. Uh, that's been a, a journey that I have planned, <laughs> a journey that uh, I've always dreamed of embarking on and, and finishing. And I've had it written on my fridge for a year now. And I also realized, I don't know if we discussed this, we might have, excuse me if you're hearing another story uh, again, a story uh, over and over, but I realized that it was a year to the day that I had told myself that I was going to sell a book. 
that I had my first Zoom with a publisher. So that was very fucking exciting for me and also uh, an interesting and cool full circle experience to have something be so cyclical like that to have it have me have like an idea come to fruition after a year so depending on the show's premiere on netflix and my book i will maybe go on joe's podcast he's always invited me so i i'm a firm believer in you get what you know you you opportunities will come to you as you deserve them but this might be a situation where i actually call in some favors to friends to help me promote my book and my show because it's a couple projects I'm very proud of and have worked really hard on. So uh, Planet Edge, look out for that. Lawrence Lelong, Leonog, Eggnog, weed or mushrooms? Mm, That's a tough question. It depends on what you're hoping to experience. They're both so different. And I think weed, they're both can be used medicinally. I think mushrooms, at least in my own experience, stays in the medicinal lane. And and marijuana can be a little bit more recreational for me. So if, if you're asking what which I prefer, I prefer mushrooms lately, microdosing. It to me, has a, a more of a yield on the out on the outcome. Hold on one second, because Carlin's growling, growling, and I know you guys probably can't hear him. Go lay down. Go lay down now. Go get in your bed. Go. Let mom work. You're being rude. Go lay down. Now. He is so rude. The problem is I've been gone for a while. Sorry, I'm yelling into the microphone, you guys. The problem is I've been gone for a while. And, okay, I got to get him to stop. Hold on. Carlin, son of a... You got to go lay down. Stay. He saw me coming and then he ran. They're like children. Dogs are just like children. I've been gone for a while. I was gone for a couple weeks, so they get a little needy um hopefully he he won't be an asshole while I'm recording because we're building a studio in my garage so right now I'm actually in my kitchen nook recording so thank you for your patience so weed or mushrooms both (laughs) seriously I would I would use them individually just so you can reap the benefit of each of those but I enjoy them both as much one as much as the other it just depends on what experience I want to have. If I'm going to go to the beach and watch a sunset, shrooms all day. If I'm going to be home and have a day off and I'm going to clean and maybe do some painting or something, mushrooms or uh, uh, marijuana all day long, literally all day long. But I hope that answers your question, Lawrence Legnog. Let's see. Ina Mayeg. She always sends some questions. How you doing, girl? Why do I always get constipated when flying internationally? What the fuck? All that pressure and dehydration is a doozy on your digestive system. It always jacks me up. It makes me go both ways. It, it hurts me. It, it makes my whole system out of, become out of whack. 
So I don't think you're the only one. And it's also, it's just an uncomfortable position to be in for, I don't care how long, 45 minutes, five hours, doesn't matter. Those seats are so uncomfortable. I would pay extra money for a more comfortable seat, and I often do. I value comfort. Comfort is something that I pay for often. And one of the reasons is because I get my, my digestive system gets so messed up when I'm traveling. So, girl, it's, it's real. If you drink a ton of water, literally you have to drink water like you're a whale. And I don't even know if whales drink water. That's a really dumb question. We got to ask. Dumb questions with Jesse May. Do whales drink water? They must drink water, right? But salt water can't be that hydrating. Let's see. But you have to literally chug water to make it so that you are somewhat hydrated because flying is brutal. Let's see. Do whales drink water? They do not drink water like land animals do. They don't risk as they don't risk dehydration from the sun. This goes for all marine animals like whales, dolphins, seals. They get water through their food. Wow. That's interesting. So I guess it was a bad statement, a dumb statement, and I stand corrected. I drink water like a human being. <laughs> Anna back, Anta BC, one, two, three, four. Can you make a normal person like me famous? Help, doc. Why do you want to be famous? I think fame is a result of something else. And I think anyone who sets out to be famous has to be very careful. It's that saying, you have to be careful what you wish for. Look at a lot of people aren't doing well when it comes to fame. You know, there's the whole child celebrities that struggle. I mean, Drew Barrymore made it out barely. She had Steven Spielberg as her stepdad or as her godfather. Not everybody else has that. Unless Steven Spielberg is your godfather as a child star, you're going to find meth. And even Drew did as well. She was on drugs at 11 because of fame and celebrity. So... It, in this generation, any normal person can be famous. The question is, can you handle it? And also, you have to realize there's a toll on your soul that that fame collects. Because I don't think it's what everybody anticipates it's going to be. I think a lot of people anticipate fame filling a void in them. If only so many people would love me, then I'll love myself. That, that's what, what fame sort of can what fame can create within someone's world is this expectation that it's going to fill your void and it just digs a deeper void if you're not working on that yourself that that soul toll is expensive and you know I never as a little girl I never wanted to be famous when I think about being a little girl and being in Syracuse, New York and, and, and spending a lot of time alone in my bedroom playing with the radio and, and recording my voice. I have these tapes. I should figure out how to get um, trans, trans downloaded. I don't even know what the word is to, you know, um, I guess transcoded would it be from cassette tape to audio. It would have to be some sort of process but I would record my voice and pretend I was a radio DJ and all this I it was never an intent to be famous I wanted to connect with people I was looking for connection I was looking for um 
a way to express myself. And maybe a part of that was was to fill to fill a void. It could have been because, you know, my household was a little difficult and challenging and my parents separating when I was young. So it could have very well been that. And I, I, I didn't, it was almost like a subconscious, um, feat for me, you know, wanting to become an entertainer. I didn't even realize maybe it was to, to get love and to be understood and to, you know, have a connection based off of a lack of a connection in, in my, um, within my family and in childhood. That's a big statement, but, you know, having awareness of that, I think is uh, one step into the direction of understanding who you are. That's why I'm telling you this, uh, because I don't know if you want to be famous. That's a result of something else. Fame is an outcome. And I think it's more important to have purpose than to be famous because fame without purpose is is really a, a death note. I think. And we've witnessed it. We've seen it happen over and over. And even the most talented people still succumb to the dangers of fame. Fame itself is a drug. It's, 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 it's like an opioid. It's like the entertainment opioid. Cause there's, it's never enough. And, And the more you want it, the more it destroys you. And if you don't have a hold on it, it'll, change the way you view the world, your perspective, your relationships. And and this is such a fame-hungry culture. And maybe it is in other places too. I don't know. I'm not there. I live in America. I can only speak for the American culture, even though we have access to other cultures because of the internet and social media, et cetera, what have you. I can only speak to my own culture and see what fame has done to us. And it's like it's like the subway guy thing. Remember Jared from Subway? Even he was considered famous. I remember my ex-boyfriend had a photo with him and Jared from Subway. And I'm like, that guy was convicted of like pedophilia. But he was still considered famous. It's so weird. Fame is fucking weird. And it's dangerous. In the wrong hands, it can be fatal. And, and we don't really discuss the, the fatality associated with fame. Or the toll that you have to pay. And I like where I'm at in my career. I like the autonomy and the inanimate, and not autonomy, anonymity. I can't say, that's a tough word. Anonymity, anonymity. And if I see it, I can say it. (laughs) Anonymity. This will definitely be the clip in, oh God, why won't the back anonymity, anonymity. I enjoy that. I enjoy where I'm at. When I go home, people recognize me. Sometimes when I'm out, people recognize me. And I've said this before on the podcast, whenever I've thought and tickled the idea of throwing in the towel and giving up, which I have considered before giving up doing what I do. I, every single time I have thought that, and it's mainly been in airports when I'm traveling because I'm away from my family and it's depressing or I'm in a hotel room and I'm depressed. Uh, Not when I'm in a hotel room, but every time I've thought this 
and have been in an airport, someone has recognized me every single time. And I, I take that as a sign to keep going. But even, even that little bit of recognition for me is just enough because it's helped me keep, you know, stay the course and realize that I am touching people and connecting with people. And I do get messages and emails about this podcast or, you know, the, the Alzheimer's posts, alts tips and, and those things that I've done and, and realizing that I have connected with people. So I am a normal person and I'm, I have a fraction of fame and I, I, I look at people who are uber famous and I, and I feel for them because their anonymity is gone. That's a commodity. Being able to just be you and not having to sign an autograph while you're eating dinner with your family, your precious time, you know, seeing your family in between doing whatever gigs you have to do. So yeah, you can be famous. You just got to be, be sure that you're willing to pay that toll. Uh, I hope that answered the question. Tatum Temple. COVID finally got me, Doc. What are your best tips for getting through? Fuck. COVID was brutal for me. I would love to have clips of me talking shit about COVID and then clips of me when I was sick. Being like, no, this shit is real and it's brutal. <laughs> we don't know until we know. The one thing for COVID, rest, rest, rest. Sleep, 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 sleep sleep and then watch all the watch everything please start watching virgin river it's the greatest show i i am such a fan my sister got me a signed autograph from alexandra breckenridge i believe that's her last name who plays mel from virgin river no big deal the autograph we're framing and we're keeping at the house in jamesville because we need to share it we have we have shared custody of this autographed photo Watch a bunch of stuff. Rest. Now's the time to reset your body. Maybe, you know, get some bone broth. Oof, bone broth got me through. Make sure you're eating as clean as possible. You're probably not going to want to eat a lot. The main thing is to rest. Netflix. Get that bone broth, girl. Maybe um, if you have somebody who you're living with, give them COVID so you guys can just be COVID-y together. You know? Let, let's where's the solidarity that's what i'm saying you should cough on your on your roommate's spoon if you have covid so that you're not suffering alone girl code <laughs> but girl tatum i don't even i don't even know if you're a girl i keep saying girl i wish you the best and definitely you it, sleep is king when it comes to COVID, at least for me. I, I had symptoms for 30 days. I was very sick for, for about 18 days. And it changed. I mean, it, it changed me. I'm a changed woman. I, on the other side of COVID, I'm a different human. Maybe it's what's caused my, uh, my aggression. You know what my, what I feel like, you remember the, 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 like, um, raging river and ghostbusters underneath the city that's what's underneath my skin that like gook i forget what they called it but that pink goo from ghostbusters let's i wonder if it had a name god bless google pink goo goo 
I got my little phone stand here for the, sh for the podcast now so I can look stuff up easily. Pink goo from Ghostbusters. Let's see what we got. What was it called? Oh, psychomagnotheric slime, also known as mood slime, psychoreactive slime. The plasm. That's right. The psychoreactive plasm. That's what's running through my body right now. The psychoreactive plasm. Oh, God. Just fucking cross me and see what happens. I don't know what it is. Someone I need a doctor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's do one more question. Jackie something. Great handle. It's like whatever. You know, what's it going to be? Who cares what my last name is? How can I successfully quit a job? Six years in the job. I live where I work. Ready to go. Oh, wow. So are you working from home and you're asking to, if you should get a divorce? That's what that sounds like. Six years into the job and you live where you work. If it, it, That's interesting. I wonder what you do for a living. If you live where you work, are you an au pair? Are you um, a hospice nurse? Are you uh, a ghost stuck in a house? I, I wish I knew what you did, Jackie something. But how can you successfully quit a job? I think the first thing you need to do is to acknowledge that there's fear associated with that because it's such a big change, especially after six years. Acknowledge the fear make friends with the fear and realize that it's okay. And people have made shifts so many different times and in so many different ways and in much more difficult ways and less difficult ways. So there's so many different avenues that people have taken in, in your shoes. So know that you're not alone and there's plenty of resources, but I will say even just thinking about it is a big step. Most people don't even consider it. They stay complacent. They stay in the job. They keep their head down and they stay working this miserable life and living this miserable existence. And people are way too comfortable with mediocrity in their life. And some people need to be mediocre. We need mediocre people in this world. And we need people to work jobs that aren't the greatest jobs but we need you to work the job like it is the greatest job so we can all go about our day. We need people to fucking care. But not every job has to be this, you know, what, what, just this grandiose thing. There's so many different levels of careers and um, just even like somebody working at a gas station. That's not a luxurious job. But if you can at least show that you care... But then it's like there's there's so many other issues with that because people don't have what they need and people are struggling. But I think for you, even just thinking about quitting is a success because most people don't. Most people stay in the shit job. Most people accept mediocrity and that's that. And they don't try to do something more, something different or something challenging or the thing they've always said they wanted to do. That's the one thing when I meet people and I tell them what I do. Sometimes they'll revert to their childhood dream and tell me what they always wanted to do. And I'm like, oh, it's too late now. It's never fucking too late. It's never too late. 
you know me, if you know me, one thing I'm not is an ageist. I don't believe in the whole, what your age is dictates what goes on in your life. Fuck that. It's a mindset. You can do anything at any time. There are 80 year old women getting married right now. There are people starting relationships in their 80s. It's never too late. There are people starting careers over for the third time. It's a matter of how bad do you want it and what are you willing to do to get it? And I'm not here, I'm not trying to be your, a motivational speaker, but th- that's just the fucking reality. How do you successfully quit a job? Just fucking quit it. Just quit it. Quit it. I see your picture. You're a pretty young girl. You can make it fucking work. Not that that's all it takes, but that's a good start. You got some cards on the table with that. You're coming to the game with, with some heat in your pocket. Okay, we got gas. We're cooking with gas, baby. You're, you're, you're already, you got some skin in the game. So what are you going to do with it? Get creative. What, what is the thing that if you don't do, you'll be thinking about on your deathbed? What is the thing that if you were on your deathbed that you didn't even attempt to do, will you go, fuck? And then it's beep. It's a little morose, but let's be real. Because that's how, that's how it's got to be. You've got to want it that fucking bad. And you've got to realize that it's that serious. And I only feel this way because of, of having watched my parents die and realize in real time how valuable life is and how precious it is and how precious time is. And I think that's why I've approached my career the way I have. Relentlessly. No plan B. But you can start over. What is something that you're good at? And is it something that can contribute to society? If you can find out what you're good at and see how it can contribute to society, you found your purpose. And there's a bunch of diagrams on the World Wide Web that can help you find your purpose. And I'll, I'll add them to the show notes so you can access them. And as well as some information about mushrooms and marijuana for our guy. And um, some, some resources on fame. We'll put all those in the show notes so you guys can have some resources on what we discussed today. But the time and the job doesn't matter. You said you're six years in. Do you want to be there for another six years? How differently would your life look if you stayed there for six years versus starting something new today and doing that for six years? Looking back, how will, how will that look to you? If you're still in the same job six years from now or if you're doing something new? Guarantee you, the new thing's way more fucking exciting. It's harder, more challenging, but it's so much more gratifying. Nothing worthwhile is ever easy. I always tell myself that when I'm struggling with anything. Take a breath, make a plan, and step forward. I wish I did that with a fucking van. Love you guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.